Well, welcome everybody to the Pulpamex podcast. I'm Steve Mathis. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate it. MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Uh, check them out. Over 700 trusted brands. They speak moto like you guys. This is uh, They have all the latest, greatest stuff. Uh, this is what drives them to be a place for you to check out all things motorcycles with top brands in gear, accessories, part, tires, parts, and apparel. Whatever your passion, they've got the gear to keep you on the track and trail safely. Use the code PB Paul Bunyan dash pulp 16 to uh, save yourself 10% off participating brands at MotorcycleSuperstore.com. Now, you may notice this is just a Pulp MX podcast. It is not on Racer X podcast because I think maybe this podcast won't appeal to everybody who downloads on the Racer X ones, and that's fine. You guys can all suck it. We're putting on Pulp MX. It's something I've got a request from people over the years of doing. I did a couple of these with my buddy Mark Robitaille a few years back about sort of growing up in Manitoba and racing and, and things that I raced with and buddies I raced with. And so I thought we'd do it again. I thought it was fun, and, and we had some good laughs. And like I said, people seem to enjoy it. So nothing about uh, the latest national and nothing about the latest Supercross or Silly Season. This is just uh, strictly a, a fun little deal that uh, we're going to do tonight. And I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate uh, Motorcycle Superstore coming on the Racer X podcast show, and I'm giving him a freebie with this Pulp show. With me on the line, uh, a good buddy of mine, he's uh, – He's older than I am, but he's uh, pretty much been a friend of mine for a long time and, and known me, geez, probably since I was uh, pretty little, um, Manitoba racer and uh, my friend Lawrence Ham. What's up, Lawrence? How are you? I am doing well, enjoying the, the fact that there is no snow on the ground anymore, and yeah. uh, we're back on the bikes here in Manitoba. Yeah, and uh, um, like I said, you probably remember me when I was 10 or 12. I don't know how much older you are than I am, but um, you remember me from when I was probably pretty little, huh? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I can remember you and your other uh, good friend, Kurt Wyatt, as uh, snot-nosed little pukes <laughs> around the, uh, the racetracks here in Manitoba. Yeah, yeah it's that's kind of a, funny. That's for sure. Uh, now, you are a big deal in Manitoba. First, you were a vice principal. Then you were a principal. Then you were a head of some school board. Is that still what you're doing? What are you doing now? Uh, I'm a CEO and superintendent of schools here in Winnipeg. Yeah, like real also. big deal. Real important. Yeah, and I'm also the chair of all independent schools in the province of Manitoba. So, uh, yeah, that keeps me busy and pays the bills during the week. Ah, that's good. And and you're still riding and racing, and your your, your daughters are into it. And uh, you went to Loretta's. Or did you go to Loretta's, or did you not make it? What happened? Then? Oh, no, I did make it to Loretta's. Okay. I, I only tried once, and I made it in the plus 48 class uh, a few years back when my daughter wanted to go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, just uh, five minutes after telling my daughter, the night before we were going to leave to Loretta's, we were at a Wednesday night race, uh, telling her to be careful. Uh, I went out and uh, proceeded to rip the tip of my finger off and break <laughs> a bunch of my ribs. So I, I actually went down to Loretta's the right. next morning. We left uh, in a lot of pain anytime I, I sneezed or coughed yeah. uh, and, and took in the event and, and decided that I wouldn't even... Uh, you know, take a lap because if I gave up my spot, then someone else who was an alternate was able to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to, to take the spot. It just so happened the guy happened to be in the build, in the booth when I, I went and told him, and he gave me a hug, which was, again, pain for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I've experienced that, and that's, a, that's one of the best moto family vacations you can have. Uh, you know what's funny is, okay, so, like, like to me, you're just Lawrence Ham, okay? Uh, burger, we call we all called you Burger, uh, Ham, obviously. Um, now you're like the CEO, you're a superintendent of all these schools. Our other buddy Wyatt, he's a more of a goofball than any of us. Eleven insurance agency he owns, and he yeah. and he's a 
he's Wyatt. I mean, how, yeah. how does that happen? What, what goes uh, on? You know what? I don't know. Sometimes I really wonder about that. A couple of years ago, I was zipping down to, uh, we were going to a Racer X Senior Series race at Melville, and Wyatt happened to be there with me. And another, another guy, uh, uh, Randy Clausen, who uh, owned a fairly successful concrete company as well. And here I found her at myself, you know, 12 o'clock in the morning inside a Walmart, and Wyatt's driving around in one of those power wheel- wheelchairs. <laughs> and I'm, uh, you know, getting mad at him for doing that. And then he starts uh, acting ridiculous and, and starts, uh, you know, uh, yeah. screaming, please, Daddy, don't hit me, uh, <laughs> to which security came. And uh, they eventually called the police. And I'm wondering, I'm saying, here's a bunch of guys who are responsible right. adults. Yes. Act- acting like 14-year-olds in a Walmart in the middle of the late at night, uh, you know, yeah. So it, it kind of makes me wonder sometimes, too. And sometimes I'm at these races talking to Stewart or Reed, and I'm like, how the hell did I get here? Like, I'm from Winnipeg. <laughs> how did I end up here, you know? Um, so I've been gone yeah. a long time. And Shane Drew, another buddy of ours, uh, yeah. one of your rivals, Lawrence, from racing days, uh, Absolutely. Shane Drew. Absolutely. Shane Drew's down one of the, yeah. one, of, one of the games I play with uh, your buddy Robitaille there and a few other people is we always have a spot to Shane on the, the regular Saturday Night Supercross. <laughs> Who's the first guy who can spot Shane walking around somewhere yeah. in the cameras? And we always pick him up because of those chicken legs he has. <laughs> yeah, really, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, Hey, uh, how many Manitoba titles do you have? I have four, as everybody knows. So how many titles are on the line right here? Oh, I mean. I, you know, I don't know, maybe like 14, 15, I don't know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, ton of I've titles. Two, but, you know, all of those and, uh, you know, uh, two bucks will get me a drink out of a drink machine. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you know how many times I drop Manitoba titles on my shows and everything. People yeah. don't know well, that. No, but yours are important. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, they came during the heyday of uh, motocross. Right, right. Uh, You still got your uh, 500 uh, motor in the uh, aluminum frame? You still got that thing? Absolutely, I do. And and, uh, I enjoy riding and and racing that every once in a while. I raced it actually at Loretta Lynn's... uh, area qualifier last year, and it was uh, it was quite the show when I pulled up in the plus. Oh, that class. thing's that thing's got to be a handful. But you've always been a 500 specialist, Lawrence. Always. Well, you know, I think that has something to do with my height and my weight, and uh, <laughs> especially the latter of that. Now that I'm getting a little bit older. Yeah. Um, no, it's a pretty cool deal for sure. I've checked it out, so it's a nice, nice thing. So, how much are you getting out and racing nowadays? Um, actually, I'm racing quite a bit. Because my kids are really into yep. it now, and, and that's the wonderful thing. I have three daughters, um, and uh, all of them race. Uh, my oldest and my youngest are, are, are really at it. My middle one can take it or leave it. She mm-hmm. just likes to ride. Uh, but uh, they're going every weekend, and my oldest is actually going to do the Canadian Nationals, the whole Eastern Series this year. I'm going to take her out and do that with her. So that gets me out there, and I really enjoy it. What's up with you and the Manitoba Old Timers Club? You're no longer around with them or something? Or how's that club doing, the MT? The club that my brother races the vintage bike in and it breaks all the time. Yeah, the MOTMX. That's it. it. Is. You know what? It's, it's still going strong. Uh, I helped start that up a number of years ago and was the, the president of that uh, up until last year. But uh, since my, my kids have gotten into racing a little bit more and it was impossible for me to make the entire schedule, I just decided to step back for, for a little bit of time. And uh, it's still going strong. I was at the races on Sunday here in Manitoba, out in Morden, Manitoba. And uh, they had an event uh, probably about 30 minutes away from the track that we were at. Uh, where the old timers went out and rode, so it's it's still going strong. It's just another group of old guys that's out there running it now. I, I guarantee you, my brother is piece of crap. Old Yamaha broke if he was there. 
Well, he probably spent the entire day trying to jet that thing. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you know, your brother is the jet master. Uh, you know, he uh, he certainly added to one of my all-time, uh, I would say, embarrassing and meltdown moments of my motocross career uh, a couple of years ago because of his jetting and a few other things. Why? What happened? Well, well let's just say uh, I had a 1983 CR40 okay. that I was out, and I had restored the entire thing, and uh, we, I was out racing the vintage class. And uh, it just wasn't running right. So, of course, Jason, uh, having all of his <laughs> tuning, jetting prowess, Tuning expertise, uh, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. He came over and he knew exactly how to fix it. So he rejetted my bike for me and did a few other things. And I went out for uh, for the moto and, and took off. And, and the thing was running, I don't know, it was running like a vacuum cleaner at some points. And, <laughs> and uh, like it had an NOS uh, system, uh, you know, thrown yeah, into it with right, nitrous right. at other points. So it was just horrible, and then uh, my seat uh, happened to fall off. So here I am riding around the track, uh, and your brother's catching me every lap because I sit down all the time when I ride, and I'm plugging the earbox, and, and lap by lap he's catching up to me. And in the last corner of the last lap, does he not run into me and, 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 and ram me and then decide to pass me and pump his fist over the finish line, screaming, yeah, as he uh, crosses. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, yeah, I had a meltdown at that point. It's kind of like my meltdown with you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it was uh, like, oh, 24, 23 years earlier back in, I think it was Now, where, where were we? We what? had gone to what, where, Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Okay. And it was and there like was a... some kind of, they have a rock festival or something out there every summer. Uh-huh. And we were we were going there for like a stadium cross. Yeah, it was outdoors, right? It was out, yeah, yeah, it was outdoors, right. It was in, it was in the, like their horse racing track. And, you know, we were, I was uh, a guy who liked to follow the dollar and uh, there was some money up for grabs. So we, we went there and, and uh, you know, Steve, uh, we, you joke about it all the time, but right at around that point, you were you were the real deal. You were a, you were a fast up and coming pro, and and you came along, and it happened to rain that weekend. Yeah, it rained. Yeah. Uh, did we travel know, together, or did was I with my dad, and you were separate? We just went. No, no, you were with me. We oh, okay. Were in my All right. Okay. This was completely separate. All right. And uh, it just so happened that I had got a bunch of Smith goggles from uh, the local uh, distributor here, you know, yeah. being the factory rider. Ah, I'm course. using air quotes there because I'm not <laughs> taking myself serious. Um, you didn't have some, so I lent you a pair of brand new ones with okay. roll-offs. And yeah. Away we went. I fell down in the first turn, and you uh, proceeded the whole shot and, and lead the entire moto until, you know, it was a quagmire. It, well, like yeah, that. it was. I remember we weren't jumping much because it was so no, muddy, right? No, and, yeah. and I caught up to you on the last lap. And uh, you know, I, I I cut inside of you, kind of pushed you off the track, and no, 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 no. There was a lapper, and I, I, I and <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, there was a lapper. There was there. a lapper there, and I was like, do yeah. I go on the inside? I'm like, no, because he's going to hold me up. So I go outside, and yeah. then all of a sudden, you come out of nowhere. Yeah, 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 and I go inside, and I pass you, and as I went over the finish line, I pumped my fist <laughs> and turned around and, so, so. and kind of looked at you, and you came back to the cube van. And put your bike up. There was steam coming out of you, and you took your goggles off, my goggles, and <laughs> yeah, drilled them at right. the side of my that's the best part. Exploding them all yeah, over the, ex- place. the canisters exploded everywhere. Wow. Oh, I mean, I yeah. lost the last the win in the last turn, and then you fist pumped me, Burger. Yeah, you fist yeah, pumped I know. me. <laughs> what, what, you know, I got to admit, all these years later, that was a real dick move on my part. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and then you proceeded to unleash a tirade of f bombs and other things on me, like there was no tomorrow. And uh, I realized, you know. What? I probably deserved that, it. That pass probably cost me 50 bucks. That was probably the difference between first and second. 
Well, plus the glory of yes, uh, whatever of the 1991, uh, you know, 125 Pro uh, title <laughs> at Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Detroit Lakes. Um, <laughs> now, you were with us, too. I think I was with my dad when I broke my arm, right? Oh, yeah, that's another... Where were we for that? We were in... This was 90 or 91. We were in Fargo, was, North it was, Dakota. It was 91 because uh, that I missed the amateur nationals. Yeah, yeah, okay. And we had gone down there to race another stadium... <laughs> type of cross thing, but this was a better location. For everybody, just think of it like Anaheim. It's like Anaheim 1, really. Oh, I mean, <laughs> Totally, totally. Right. You know, except the people in Anaheim 1 would be sitting on wooden bleachers behind a bull ring of some sort. Right, right. You know, and uh, we went out to this race, and again, it was muddy, and, and uh, you know, you, you had uh, crashed and fallen, and uh, you know, this was a Saturday race, so on Sunday we were going to go off to Millville to, uh, to, to another race, and uh, you were complaining about being hurt, and I remember we had gone to Fuddruckers. To, yeah. Uh, Do you remember, though, my arm was swollen up. It was swollen. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely was. And uh, you were having problem even putting any condiments on your burger. <laughs> and your, Tommy and I, your dad, we were just being merciless. You were, you you. were mocking me. Calling you a wuss, calling you a pussy, et cetera, et cetera. And my, my, my now wife and then girlfriend, Susan, was along and, you know, took pity on you. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, I remember your dad just kept saying, oh, this is BS. We're going to Millville tomorrow <laughs> and, uh, you know, telling you to suck it up. And uh, somehow we ended up at a movie, too. Yeah, we went to a movie. Yeah, we went to a yeah. movie and I had my arm. I had to lift my arm up with my other arm. I couldn't put any, you know, I couldn't put lift it up. So I put my arm on the armrest, I remember, and laid it there until my dad, like, hit it. Like, you want some popcorn? And elbowed me, and I just about passed out again. Yeah, but Susan did, Susan did take uh, pity on you at that point. And uh, <laughs> I remember, like, I was just like, oh, man, maybe this guy is <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, like, maybe you shouldn't be going to Millville tomorrow, Tommy. And he's like, no, no, we're going. We're going. <laughs> Turns out my arm was broken. Broke my yeah, arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, go figure, right? Uh, you know, so uh, I guess, yeah, boy, I guess the score is kind of for you here. Uh, I guess I was kind of a dick that time. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. I remember that. I, I think I, I went I, down I, in practice. I think I had to sit around the whole day and the whole night and the whole thing with a broken arm. Yeah, um, yeah. And it yeah. cost me, uh, I, I'm still bitter because I, I couldn't go to the Amateur Nationals in Canada, which is like the Loretta Lynn's of Canada. Yep. And uh, Shane Langdale, who I beat pretty much a lot, or regularly, let's say, uh, yep. got, got third. And so I was. I probably could have done pretty good. So. Well, because that was the uh, the year after year. Let's let's not forget this. The year your well, quite, uh, you know, famous nineteen ninety five hundred cc you know amateur championship. Well, I didn't really want to bring that up, but you know, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> being a man that you are, uh, you I was know, also I think that was out in Ontario at Moto Park or something. Yeah, I was also good on the five hundred. Oh yeah, you know that's back when men were men. <laughs> hey, what do you? <laughs> It's funny to talk to people years later, but what do you remember about my dad? He was pretty much insane with my brother. He was Tony Alessi Jr., senior, I guess, with my with my brother. A little better with me. When I look back on it, like I remember one day at Winnipeg track, Lawrence. It was uh, we showed up with hard pack tires and three bikes, three pro classes. That I was racing. Yeah. Um, and we showed up at Winnipeg with hard track stuff. It had rained the night before. He changed everything to mud, six tires, sprockets, uh, everything else to mud tires. Yeah. Then for the second motos, it was dry again, and he put all the hard pack tires back on, six tires, yep. six six sprockets. And I remember just thinking, this guy's nuts. 
That was Tommy. He was he was serious about racing. He was, and, wasn't uh, he? You know, he was just all over everything. You know, right from the the first time I remember really seeing Tommy, uh, you know, a Mister Serious. I think was what year did you have two KX eighties? Was that eighty eight? Uh, eighty eight. We had two eighties. Yeah, practice bike and a race bike. Yeah, yeah, and he was, uh, and that was at Winnipeg as well. He was, uh, he was dead serious, and he had he had them <laughs> set up, he had them shined up, he had everything going on, and you know, you know, checking pressures, doing things that no one else would even, uh, you know, think right of. Now it's crazy. Um, he, he was out there, and, and he was dead serious about it. And uh, you know, you 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 better perform. <laughs> he was very angry sometimes at my brother. Very oh, yeah. angry at my you brother. Know, but, but, what you got to say is that, you know, Tommy would, would drive to the ends of the earth um, to take you and your brother Dude, race. One year we drove Winnipeg to Moto Park, that year that I won the 500s. Yeah. Winnipeg to Toronto, 24 hours to get in a local race at the track two, two weeks before. Yeah. Then we drove back to Winnipeg and then we went back again. Like we yeah. were home well, for like and, a week. And you yeah. shouldn't think about that. That's unbelievable, and the distances we have to right. cover in Canada sometimes, you know, people complaining about driving three or four hours to go do this and that. You know, it, w- it was like, Tommy, okay, I'm in Winnipeg, Manitoba, but it would be closer for me to drive to Houston, Texas to go and race, <laughs> and then know. come back home than it is to go to Toronto. Who knew, like, all so those years, who knew all those years he was doing it for just to get away from my mom when you look <laughs> back on it? <laughs> Well, we all have our coping mechanisms. <laughs> right, exactly, right? Right. Um, yeah, he was nuts, though, man. It's not, that, But he didn't really yell at me and freak out like he did on my yeah. brother. I think he learned a little bit from my brother who quit early, you know, yeah. because he just didn't wasn't having fun, and, and my dad was yelling at him for lack of results. So The infamous 1987 Austin meltdown, I remember. Oh, what was when, that? Uh, three, three, uh, your brother had three bikes. Yeah. Right, he had gotten them all from a a, a real a Canadian champ, actually. No, no, Alan no, Dick. no, no. He he had no? no. He only bought the five hundred, the four ninety from Al. Oh, okay. The other bikes were were yeah bought from Wildwood or whatever dealer. Yeah, yeah. but was that your brother's first year as a pro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I remember you, you showed up at Austin and all of a sudden there's there's Jason, he's got three bikes. And uh, he's going to race all the pro classes. And back in Manitoba in those days, you know, all old timers talk about the old days, but we didn't have a lot of classes. So mm-hmm. we would ride. We would ride our 125s in the pro or A class, expert they called it then. Yeah. And then we would get two races to rest, and then we would ride our 250, and then we would get one moto yeah. to rest. Oh, was there only one more? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we would do it all over again. And here's poor Jason having to do six motos in deep sand, like Lommel <laughs> in Belgium. <laughs> yeah. People don't you understand. Know, yeah, that's not tr- going fast enough. Yeah, that track, Austin, Manitoba, people, it is Lommel. It is, I've been to Lommel, and I've been to Austin. And uh, when I talk to a guy like Jeff Sirwall, who's raced all over the world, he tells me Austin was the gnarliest track. Um, yeah, it, so. it is. There is a there is a family in the motocross scene now here in Manitoba that lives about two miles uh, from the old Austin Raceway oh, track, okay. and they actually have a track on their property. And when I went and rode there this year with my kids, uh, you know, I was having flashbacks of Alfred you back. And the old English guy, <laughs> you know, and, uh, you know, talking about, uh, you know, how wonderful his uh, facility was, that's for sure. Yeah, he really liked it. We had our Canadian Nationals there forever with Rollerball and everybody uh, yep. for, God, 15 years, 20 years, yeah, right? all Rollerball. Um, oh, man, you um, got to say that name. That, that brings back some Well, I'll, I'll get to Rollerball. Yeah, I do want to talk about Rollerball. How many, how many years... Did you have Hondas for? You rode Yamahas 
like one or two years, late eighties. Yeah. Other uh, than one that, one year I got a got a Yamaha, got some Yamaha Sport. But okay. I had how many Hondas did you own in your life? Oh, I think we we figured it out the other day, and it, it was over sixty. For you know, sure, at least yeah, right. I rode them from 1983 all the way to 86, and then I had my one year of Yamahas. But even my 490 that year was a Honda because it had a Honda front end on it. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 88 all the way to 92. Yeah, back to and Hondas. 93, I was lucky because Carl Valencourt retired unexpectedly, and all of a sudden there was a bunch of Kawasaki's that were available. And I ended up luckily getting a few of them here in Manitoba. Yeah, God, you rode a lot of Hondas. <laughs> yeah. What was your and, uh, What was your your bashing number? It was twenty five one year, right? You had a number national yeah. number twenty five. Yeah. And then what was your best ever finish at a Canadian national? Um, it was in at Edmonton. Like I, I finished a couple of times. You know, a moto like fifth, yep. sixth kind of thing. But uh, that was that was the best ever. That Antler Lake track was that was that Antler Lake? Yeah, that, that was, was a good track. That was a good yeah. track. Did, oh, that's awesome! And and we you can still ride there twice a year oh, okay. at the Old Timer Club in Alberta. Mm-hmm. That's um, the only time they open it up, and that was one of my all time favorite favorite tracks. I really like Bud's Creek too, but d- uh, you know Antler Lake was a great track. You must open your garage. You know, be Honda parts everywhere. There must be so many Honda yeah, parts. <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, there's, it's, it's, it's a good place to go for old stuff. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite Manitoba track? Do you think growing up when we raced? Oh, my I was well, it sure wasn't Austin. No, I was telling. Hey, I was telling someone the other day. Um, we were talking about whoops, and I said you should have saw the carnage in, in Manitoba when they when Westwind opened up and they put like a set of stadium whoops, which now if we were to go back, we'd probably laugh at them. But at, the, at the time, the ambulance was just carting people off. Yeah, well, and... they basically had a conveyor belt set up and, <laughs> and, and were just shooting people through the ambulance straight to Grace Hospital. They, they could not handle it. Guys could not. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it was kind of like the first time we ever saw a double jump in Manitoba, yeah, which yeah. was 1983. And I, I still have some pictures of that. It was Selkirk, East Selkirk, Manitoba. And people were lining up, and there were guys, there were like pros at the time, literally sitting at the end of the straightaway, looking at it, shaking, and then taken off to do it. And a couple of guys broke their legs that day. And it just, it's a new obstacle. You don't know how to do it. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you know, a bunch of rubberneckers at a car accident waiting for it to happen. And so, it was just that at one after the other. Favorite track? My favorite track. Okay. I would. I really liked the Winnipeg track, but my favorite track of all time. Would well, you like the be, Winnipeg track because you could get good starts and hug the inside. Burger, yeah, basically. Burger. <laughs> right. Well, you know those arena cross skills. My my favorite track probably was Brandon Ski Hill. Oh yeah. And we only raced there a couple of times. Yeah, I only did it on was, the eighties. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did it. Yeah, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah, it was awesome. It was a real natural track up and up and down a ski hill. And it was it was just great terrain. They held a national there in 1987, like a, a Canadian Pro National, um, and uh, that was just it was just a great motocross track. Worst one. Worst motocross track. <laughs> I'll go. Oh I'll, my I'll, word! My my favorite one was probably Melita. Although, you know, yeah, Melita was. Oh yeah, be, I, you know, I forgot about Melita. Being being strung out in in fifth sixth gear. Yes. I remember putting a 47-tooth rear sprocket on my CR500 <laughs> and being scared. Um, remember that big, that, remember that big double in the back, the uphill one? You were just, <laughs> yeah, you like, yeah. G'd out. And you, I mean, that thing had been 
60, 70 feet going up a hill. It's kind of like La Rocco's yeah. Leap a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I've, I've ridden that uh, Red Bud, too. And, yeah, that was basically it. And there was a huge gap there, too, as well. Yeah, yeah. So if you didn't make it, La Rocco's Leap has flat. And please, I'm not under undermining La Rocco's Leap by any means. But the, the penalty to not make that, uh, you're landing in a valley. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, Going uphill. And my worst one might be um, St. Jean. God, I hated St. Jean. Yeah, that was, uh, it it was either feast or famine there. It was bone dry most of the time and rock hard. And, uh, yeah, it got quite dusty and a little little dangerous at times. I hated that place. Mm -hmm. I hated it. What about you? You know, we raced at some pretty shitty tracks over the years. Yeah, we did. We did. We we raced at you know at some some pretty uh, what do they say in MXA chicken licks raceways? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We right? raced at some pretty pretty brutal uh, brutal places. But you know what? I I can't really say any of them were were my least favorite right. tracks. You know, when I wasn't in shape, I hated going to Austin. Yeah, I'll yeah. just say that. Well, yeah, I always, I always I always did pretty well at Austin. I wasn't great, but I liked it and I did pretty well. And um, I felt like that was a spot I lined up for my first ever pro national, the Canadian one, and yep. ate shit in one moto and ripped my jersey open. And the other one, I finished. Uh, I think I finished right outside the points. I was really bummed. Like I just, was yeah. Th- well, because back then the points only went to tenth place. Oh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, I thought and, they went to twentieth. You know, okay. CMA yeah. days at, yep. at one point uh, they only paid top ten, and then they went top fifteen. Yeah, and that was it. Oh wow! Um, yeah. Do you how many Fargo Arena crosses do you think we have under our belts combined? Fargo oh, Barn man. Cross Arena crosses. Um, Twenty, dude. It yeah. seemed like we went there twice a year for five or six years, and then we had one the year for for the other years. Yeah, yeah, and and those were absolutely great times. Um, you know, the first one was in 1987. Uh, and uh, I remember that it was, spo- it was sponsored by the local radio station, and, and for some reason, uh, Gary Groth, who was the promoter, and, and I just I just saw Gary the- two weeks ago. Just saw Gary. Oh, did you? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Gary got a hold of me, and uh, for some reason, uh, took a liking to me, and all of a sudden, I started doing, uh, you know, some uh, some radio stuff there, et cetera, et cetera. And I actually was lucky enough to end up winning the first one. So uh, that became, you know, a regular for us from like 1987 to 92, 93. I can't remember the last Jeez. time. Maybe 95 was the last time. Yeah, it might have been later. It was later than that, for sure. Yeah. Um, do you remember when Donnie Schmidt showed up and just smoked everybody? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, Bill's a, a good guy, Bill Coyote Stork. Oh, and you and Stork. Yeah, yeah, we had we had we had a real battle, you know. It was the American versus the Canadian kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. We had that going on for for quite a while there, and and Bill and I are still good friends. We still talk to each other every once in a while, and uh, yeah, we, that was something. And then Donnie Schmidt showed up. That was 1989. <laughs> 89. He was number nine in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. And he showed up on his Pro Circuit 125 because he was a privateer then. Yeah. And uh, just absolutely waxed us. <laughs> it was over. Donnie Schmidt. Oh, yeah. Donnie Schmidt's yeah. everybody. It's curtains. But you know what? He, he was a really uh, nice guy. He was really cool, oh, I remember. Yeah. Super, super nice guy. Like, salt of the earth, you know, kind and, and considerate. You would you would never know that, the, that he was, like, he was a legit star. Oh, yeah, for sure. And yeah. I can remember back in 1993 going to the USGP, and I was going to go and try to qualify. And uh, I went there. And, Is that Buds? Is that Buds? Yeah, Buds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
and 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 uh, being there a little bit ahead of time and just looking at the track and sitting with my girlfriend at the time susan who's now my wife uh, in the back of our cube van you know here i am mr nobody from canada uh, and here walks by Donnie Schmidt, the world champ at the time, uh, you know, stops, talks to me, you know, say, Lawrence, how's it going? Remembered who I was, you know, he took me to the Yamaha, the Yamaha rig at the time. He was a Chesterfield Yamaha guy, but it was the factory Yamaha rig, the, the semi, which was a really big deal back in yeah. 1993. Yep. And, you know, toured me around and then talked to me about qualifying. Uh, and I was talk, talking to him about, they had a big uphill triple there at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it was kind of intimidating. And him say to me, you know what, Lawrence, just tag on to me in practice tomorrow, and I'll pull you around. You know, you come at the same speed of it, and once you do it once, it'll be fine. And that's what he did, and then gave me some qualifying tips and told me how they, all the Euros did it and, 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 and told me to, you know, hang on to me for as long as you can and then, you know, hang on to the next guy who comes around. And uh, I ended up qualifying, I think, 31st or something, and I made it in, and that was great. And didn't you guys make, like, big cash from that, like from an FIM, like, travel oh, yeah. fund, right? Yeah. It was... like, you, did, you didn't have to pay anything to enter at that point, and you, you got travel money to show up, I think. Wait a minute, there's no one from the tax man. No, I don't think so. I, I think it was it was it was almost a thousand bucks just to start. Yeah. At yeah. the time. And you know, it was great because as soon as you were in it's it's uh, you know, I we were in our little cube my little cube van parked beside the Kawasaki rig you know, and they just gave me tons of stuff, whatever I needed, because uh, uh, they they you know, they were there supporting uh, I think it was uh well, wasn't Albertini was riding Stukies, but someone else was there, Jabors or, or uh, you know, someone like that. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, it was it 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 was a really neat deal. And then you got paid per moto, and that was the year that it was three motos, right? The GPs. Yep. And it was like a hundred degrees at Bud Creek. I remember <laughs> I almost died. It was, it was so hot. It, it, but. Uh... Yeah, I remember you guys came back and you're like, dude, we killed it. There was a bunch of you in one van or something, and you guys all made all this money. It was great. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, that was the year after in '94. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was with Shane Drew at that time. Okay. And I, and Daryl Hill and, was another guy who was with us, and I can't remember who the other person was. But yeah, we went down there and and did the GP again, and and that was awesome. Do you remember? I don't know if you were there, Fargo Arena Cross, when I cracked my pelvis, and Wyatt, Kurt Wyatt, was there, and Perron. Do you yes. remember that? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I kind of recollect it. Was that the weekend that uh, Kurt's dad and your dad spent the the entire weekend basically in the van with uh, <laughs> no. the liquid refreshment and no. 120 tacos from Taco John's? No, that was not the the weekend. That was a different weekend. I was there just without. We were we were there without parents, and, uh, and I was leading. Oh yes, the bathtub. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was leading yeah. the main. I'm pretty sure I was leading the main early in 125 main, and there was that double out of the left. And I tried to do the ins- from the inside, so I sat down and I went right over the bars, and I <laughs> cracked the, my pelvis right in the middle, like there's a hole in your pelvis, you know, and then there's a little yeah, bone yeah. on the bottom, and yeah. I and I cracked that bone, and the other guys were racing, like Perrant, Corey Perrant and Kurt were racing, so I had to like hang out with them, and it was yep. freezing. It was my legs were locking up. They put me in an office chair and wheeled me around in the office chair, <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, then I was in, I couldn't really do anything, and then I had to get help into the bath. I could only shuffle, uh, yeah. um, and then they at one point they were pushing me in the office chair, and they hit like a, a crack in the cement, and I went tumbling on the ground, and it was just a disaster. What a shit oh, show! Good time, oh, dude. And then good uh, times. 
And then yeah, I had to drive. Uh, I had to drive with like two feet on the way from my Kurt's house home, and it was in the snow. And oh god, it was so much. Yeah, well, because of course the, your friends at the time, you know, they wouldn't even consider trying to help you. No, no, because no, you're being a wood. No, exactly right. Yeah. Um, but man, I wonder how much sooner we're gonna die, Lawrence, because I'm inhaling all those smoke at Fargo Arena Cross. Oh yeah, <laughs> you could literally, um, you know, cut it with a knife. It was so oh, thick in that place, oh, and there was kerosene heaters going and horse racing music to start the event off. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, they well, would play the, you know, the post for horse racing. That's how they would start things and oh yeah, it was just <laughs> those were it, it was awesome. That, that, that yeah. was great times that were there. No, no doubt. Um and then yeah, the uh the you're racing in 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 expert. At one time, people don't like you you were pretty fast. Shane Drew was number 6. Don Forma was number five. Earl Rymer was number eleven. Daryl Martins was around, who didn't, yeah. who was certainly fast enough to podium a Canadian national, but he wasn't racing oh, yeah. them. Like Manitoba, at some like I've always yelled at these shows I'm on about how Saskatchewan even produces, you know, Moffenbier and and Brett yeah. Shuri and and Blair Morgan, and mm-hmm. and Manitoba can't produce anybody ever. But for a little bit we did. For a brief window we had Formo, who was number yeah. five, and. Yep. You know, and Drew racer all the time. And then, like I said, yeah. you were a fast pro. It was for a while. And Kim Hood, who can forget Kim Hood, who was still oh, all yeah. ass. Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. So, so, like, Manitoba had something going on for about a five-year stretch there. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But I think the key there was we all traveled. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you get to a certain level, and then you just didn't – you could be the big fish in a small pond, or you could get out of that small pond and travel around. And you get better when you travel and you race against people – um, that you don't know. And, and let's face it, motocrossers are mental people. Um, you know, their egos are fragile, and, and, and a lot of times I've heard you say they're head cases, and they are. And, you know, when guys race just locally, they kind of sometimes fall into this, okay, this is where I belong, and this is where I'm going to ride. I'm a second-place yeah. guy. I'm going to ride here. But then you go out and race someone who you don't know who might be faster yeah. than you, yeah. and you're like, screw that. I, I'm going to go here, and I'm going to race. And you just get faster doing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and yeah, it seemed like our pros stopped doing that at some point. You know, they stopped yeah. traveling. They stopped caring. They were happy to get the local purse money or whatever, you know? Yeah, I know there were years back when the contingency dollars were going, and I know, Steve, you were a, a, a chaser of that. But, uh, you know, I would run to Saskatchewan on Saturday yeah. to race. Yeah, we did uh, that too. Yeah. Didn't see, and then come back to Manitoba and race on Sunday, and then you'd be off wherever to go ride a national the weekend after. I think I, I want to say I made 16... 14 or 16 grand in contingency one year, which I was 16, 17. That was pretty cool. Yeah, well, that's, you know? that's, got, that's got to be back in the day. And, and what 16, 17-year-old, you know, like yeah, you, yeah. Well, you know, is driving around in a cube van with a bunch of bikes, and then, of course, <laughs> we can't forget the Steve Cycle juggernaut. Oh, uh, who could forget? First of all, I was 16, 17 trying to pick up chicks, and my only vehicle was a Ford box van. That was my only yeah. vehicle. That was it. Yeah, well, I was... What father doesn't want to see a Cuban pull up to their house to pick up their daughters? <laughs> you always had a sweet one. You had a box fan forever. Yeah, yeah. I had. Uh, I was talking to Michaela, my daughter, about that the other day, and I had four in total. Did you? Oh, I thought you had the same one every year. No, no. They were they were they were different ones, but they always were painted the same. Uh, and had a little bit of a different, uh, maybe deckling or whatever. Depending. LHR Lawrence Ham Racing. Oh yeah, yeah, boy. Uh, the, no one ever lets me forget about that. <laughs> you. Well, you're in my phone as LHR. 
you're in my phone as LHR. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the things we do when we're young and full of art. But you, right? uh, yeah. So you, okay. So you, yeah. You always had a box fan. They're always set up good. Drew had a sweet yeah. setup box fan too all the time, and that's all I wanted. I just wanted to join LHR yeah. Racing and get a box fan, right? Yeah. Mark Medock was the first. Uh, he was the trendsetter. Oh, was he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he he got uh, he got the first box fan from Roy Borton from KBH Racing and oh and, that's and, funny and then we all had to have them um and and they were fairly cheap they were like you can get a Grunman box and a Ford front and yeah, yeah. Go, go to town right yeah yeah absolutely and it, it provided you with a place to to live you know for there were a few winters I stayed in Florida or wherever that's where yeah. we lived in um did you ever purchase anything from Steve Cycle. Oh yeah! Did you? I, okay, I think, good. I think our family was one of the. Susan was one of your first customers. She bought no a high end Sinazalo like neon colored gloves from you, padded <laughs> ones. It looked like they were out of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Stanton. Hey, Stanton still wore them. He wore them last year for the vet race. He busted them out for that vet race. Yeah, oh, those are cool. Um, yeah, well, Susan doesn't count. I mean, you, you, you yourself. Oh yeah, um, yeah. No, I did. I, I well, I came in there obviously to I don't uh, remember you know, that. Uh, mock me, praise you, right? Mock me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, basically, that's what good friends do. You know, to mock you right. and, and to do other things. But no, I, I bought some stuff for you, and you know, to sit back and watch you tear into some of the uh, motors or some of the suspension or other things that were dropped off for you. I know. I was sixteen, seventeen. My dad was like, "We're going to open up a store," and I'm like. Uh, okay, and, you know, basically that's how it was. I remember my he picked me up one day from school, and said, uh, "Hey, uh, we're going to the bank." And I'm like, "Oh, you know, maybe it wasn't from school. Maybe it was just from house, from the home." Hey, we're going to the bank, and I'm like, "Okay, why? You're, I've got I got three new CRs. You you just we're gonna you're gonna I'm gonna co-sign for you. You're gonna get three new CRs, one twenty five, two fifty, five hundred in nineteen ninety, and yeah. I'm like, uh, okay, you know, sixteen thousand dollar or whatever it was." No, and, that's nothing. And then, and then, another, and the same kind of thing. He was like, "Okay, we're going to open a store," and I'm like, uh, "Okay." Mm-hmm. And that was it. Steve Cycle had a little shop. It was, it was. Uh, it wasn't a joke. You, you no, had stuff. You dude. had stuff in stock. You I had did. Stickers. I still have some Steve Cycle. Do you stickers. really? Oh, we should get those. Put them on eBay. We can probably get a lot for them. Yeah, I still have some of those. Uh, some of those uh, stickers. That's for sure. And uh, it was a neat thing. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. But you know, when you sit and talk about that and think about that, I think part of your success, Steve, also has been, yeah, your dad pushed you in, into this or pushed you into that. But you worked hard from the time you were a young kid. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. I could have at any time said I don't want to do it. Um, right. When he got on me. I instead of telling him to f off like say my brother did, I was yeah. like I'll show you. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. I like I'm gonna show you. You know, and I would work harder or do more motos, or he would take my seat off to get me to stand up or disconnect the front the rear brake, you know, yeah. um, or whatever. And I'm like that's fine. Like I was more of that kind of attitude, you know. Yeah, but you weren't like you know maybe some of the young people these days who are 15 and okay. When am I getting my new bike? When am I getting this? When am I getting, what time, When did you start working at Kendall's? Pumping gas, oh, yeah. yeah, 14, 13, 13, yeah, 14. Yeah, like you, you, you were working. You oh, know, like dude, Kurt. we had like, I'm, all my buddies would go on summer vacation, and Tommy would go, no, you're working next week. You're working all summer, yeah. like Monday to Friday or whatever, five days a week, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, that's so much for a summer break. <laughs> yeah, but those things translated into, uh, you know, the rest of your life too, right? You Maybe, always yeah, had yeah. to work. Yeah, absolutely. No, um, that's exactly it. Maybe that's part of it, right? Um, mm-hmm. um, who knows? Um, what's, give me some rollerball stories. Like oh. you, like I, obviously he was my hero. I talk about him a lot, but I was a little kid. 
I yeah. mean, he would just crush the Canadian titles year after year after year. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, we were, I was getting his autograph. You're on his level, like his age, or maybe a little younger, but. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I wouldn't say I was on his level because I don't have 49 Canadian No, but I mean, I, like you were, when you were in your prime racing as a pro, he was also in his prime, you know, yeah. maybe a bit older. But, so yeah, what's no, and I actually, uh, you know, got to know Ross fairly well. And, and uh, when he would be here in Winnipeg, I would hang out with him every once in a while. Or, you know, later on in his career, too, when we were down in Florida right towards the end of it, I hung out with him a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he was just, he was he was a beast, right? You know, he yeah. would outwork, out, you know, do whatever anyone else, do whatever it took um, to 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 beat someone, basically. And uh, he was a little bit of a, a party guy too. You know, oh yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he enjoyed. Uh, let's just say maybe meeting some new people in every town that he went to. <laughs> well, it was a year he missed the half of the summer because he got thrown out of a bar, right? Yeah, I, I happened to be in Saskatchewan at that point. Were you there? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, uh, yeah, that was you know, and 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 people would come to his aid, but uh, you know, I don't know if anyone came fast enough that time. <laughs> he he won the night on Friday night, and then the next night he didn't show up, and we're like, "Where's yeah, Rollerball?" Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, he couldn't make it. <laughs> he was he was he was in a hospital. Leave it at that, right? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I I try to tell people like because even Ross Maeda down here and yeah. Mitch Payton tell me Rollerball stories. Dave Gowan, oh. of course, is around a lot, and Dave, like the guy, was a phenomenal trainer. Phenomenal, oh, he, and then yeah, like you he know. would put on all of his equipment. Oh, someone was you know he would his mechanic uh, stayed with me, and I'm trying to remember. I think it was Alan Logue. He when they were in Manitoba here one time, his mechanic stayed and would talk to me about you know how sometimes um, Ross would want to put a five gallon of gas through his bike every day, and he would get sick of being at the track with him, so he would just kind of pour some of the gas out, and so <laughs> hopefully Ross wouldn't notice so they could get back to the hotel or wherever sooner, but. He was just adamant about riding more than anyone else and training harder than anyone else and, I guess, doing some other things harder than anyone else. <laughs> but, man, six motos in that sand track and just one, 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 one. Well, remember a couple of motos he lost to, to Sirwall and stuff, but basically yeah. dominate. Yeah, no, he, he was, uh, you know, he, he was a beast. And then, uh, you know, when the racing was done, he, he liked to, uh, you know, have fun. Yeah, too. just a you little know, bit. And, and that's the... That's the side of him that, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciated as well, too. I remember in, I think it was 1987. Here's a good Ross story for you. I don't know if you ever heard it. Uh, we were at the Montreal Supercross, and there was an after party. And uh, the Laurentide was the beer that sponsored it. I've never heard of that. It was made by Molson or something. And so there were free drinks and everything else at the at the after party at the stadium. And, you know, he had just finished. I don't know if he had won or he, whatever place he got. Because in 87, like, he would go down to the States and finish yeah. top three. Yep. Yeah, he got yep. he, he was the real deal. And uh, I was standing uh, talking to some people, and uh, Ross uh, walked in and had uh, a drink in each of his hands, let's just say. And uh, I think it was, I don't know if it was Marshall Plum, who's Marshall's still around. Yeah, or it was yeah. uh, one of his other mechanics. I think it might have been Marshall. Just kind of, he was talking to a female police officer from Montreal uh, and another very attractive young lady. And uh, Marshall came up from behind. I think it was him and pantsed him. No, oh, so there he is, sta- standing, hanging out with everything to the world, with two drinks in his hands. And these girls are just terrified. And he didn't even miss a beat. He just kept talking and asked the girl, asked the cop to hold his beer and just. Pulled him back up and just continued along. So, uh, that, yeah, that that was uh, that was one of those things that stuck in my mind. What about your trip to Florida? 
with our buddy Kurt. That oh. You guys raced Gainesville, Daytona, Tampa. And yeah, no, well, and wait, you broke your collarbone down there, right? Yeah, or I, uh, I broke my collarbone at um, Dade City. Dade City, yeah. And that was just before the Tampa Supercross, and I was actually going to go to the USGP, the 500 USGP at Glen Helen. I think, or Sam, yeah, it was at Glen Helen a few weeks later. Um, and Don Formo ended up taking my spot and my bike and going out there to race. But, uh, yeah, you, I broke You were there in. for a month? You were down there for a month? Uh, I think it was a little bit longer. Was it, yeah? <laughs> yeah, it, it might have been like six or seven weeks at that point. And uh, I went over, came over a jump and, uh, you know, crashed into a rider that was, uh, you know, fallen down. Yeah. And then Shane Drew came up, all people, over the jump and ran into the back of me. And my shoulder went through my handlebar and busted my collarbone. Jeez. Yeah, um, so did so you I had to, you know, end up... Uh, you know, basically hopping on a plane after escaping the hospital, Kurt stealing my x-rays and uh, <laughs> flying home to get my uh, my collarbone looked at because they wanted to operate on me down there. And you there. just left our buddy Kurt down there? I just left him. <laughs> you know, I, well, he was 17, 18 at, or 18 right, at the time. Right, he, right. You know, he had my cube van, all my bikes, everything yeah. like that. And I think uh, his mom or his dad flew down and drove back with him. Oh, that's funny. And uh, did you ever go to California or no? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I'd been there, but not as much as uh, just you know zipping down to Florida or going to, to another place. Like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just easier for Manitoba for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I did both. I went uh, Tommy and myself and Kyle Pisco. Remember him? We went to Kroom. Yeah. We went to Florida for like a three weeks, mm-hmm. two or three weeks. We caught Atlanta and Miami Supercross, and then we went and rode Kroom for full, you know the rest of the time, and then yeah. uh, and then went to California twice once by myself and then in the cube van and then once yeah. with a guy named eric hansen remember him and oh um, yeah he, and, i still see him running around on on off like a dual purpose bike oh do you yeah, yeah 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 and uh we went down also too for um for like a month or whatever and i was, I was like 16 17 18 and uh you're missing school you're like nobody like yeah hey mom dad i'm gonna miss school and go riding all right you know go to california here you go so yeah. so funny that way like you look back and you're like like it was crazy that they would let me go. It's awesome, but yeah, you know. Well, I I can remember being 15 years old and hopping into a van with three other guys who were 16, 17, and driving to New Brunswick, which <laughs> is completely across Canada. Yeah. It's like 40 hours from here. Oh no! And I was gone for like three weeks, and my parents just let me go. Yeah, it's crazy, right? When you think about the stuff that, I mean, our yeah. both of our lives have just revolved around racing motorcycles and yeah, and all over the place, all over North America, even you know. Yeah, and that was before cell phones or any of that kind of stuff. So, like, I might call my parents every once in a while to let them know how I did. And, you know, right. my dad never really asked me. All he always asked me is how much money I made. But uh, <laughs> that was the first question that came out of his mouth. Yeah. Well, hey, money. but back in the day, like, we talked about Gachinacy a little bit. Yeah. If you did well in all three pro classes with the payback and everything, you could probably make what? Were you making five, 600 a weekend? Oh, more than that. Yeah. Well, let, if the people from CRA are listening, then no. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was 300 per class from Honda uh, for a win, and then there was your track money, which could be four or 500 bucks per class. Yeah, so, okay, so you would kill it those days. When I got to be pro, it was never that good, but back in the day, I heard it was. Yeah, no, and, and you know, uh, there was more support that was available, and, uh, you know, from, you know, the, the manufacturers and stuff like that, yeah. whether it was delayed billing or, yeah. or, you know, me trying to make sure I got to the warehouse before Shane Drew did to get the good come ride with us bikes that were, you know, they had those test drive yeah. things at those times. I got, I got two of them. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then you had to return them back so they would get crushed. And I remember the first time going there, the same time machine, and he rolled in this bike that had bent rims and all this other crap on it. And I rolled in a bike that I had, you know, restored nicely. Uh-huh. And Shane's like, what are you doing? They're just going to crush these things anyways. <laughs> realize, okay, he's a lot smarter than me. Wait, I don't, I had to pay for mine and keep it, but I got it really cheap. Yeah, yeah, they did that too. Oh, okay, were, yeah, yeah. All right. There were some that I guess were imported or brought into Canada without paying duties or tariffs or something. Oh, okay, so they then they crush them. Those as, yeah. I guess some kind of rule like that um, because they were never supposed to be for sale. Yeah, I got two 125s, and I want to say they were 1500 bucks each in 1990 and 91 or 92. Yeah, like, no, they, it, was, it, was it was a great deal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I got Kawasaki help in 88, those years that we got those 80s. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it was half off retail or something. That was about the best we could do. I don't remember. Yeah, And yeah. you know, back then you could get, uh, like there was help. There was help for yeah. those things where you, you'd get a really good deal or you get delayed billing or you could buy the bike uh, or return it to the dealer. And I always made sure that I bought them. So the dealers never had to be stuck with them. Yeah. And then you could always turn around and you'd never lose money on anything like that. What's, uh, what's the state of dealerships in, in, um, Winnipeg right now? Like what, uh, there's uh, a KTM dealer. Uh, FXR's no, got a dealer. No KTM dealer Wait. in Winnipeg. Well, FXR's got a dealer. No, no. no they, uh, they, there was going to be. There was talk of one happening, but in the end, it just didn't happen. Oh, okay. So there's the nearest KTM dealer is in Brandon, and there's a Honda Yamaha dealer here in Winnipeg, uh, and a, a, another Yamaha dealer and a Kawasaki dealer. But uh, is right, there is, might be a Suzuki one. But is Rightway still around? No. Not right way, sorry. No, 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 Wildwood. Sorry, is Wildwood? Wildwood is still around, yeah. Dude. I actually live Wildwood. <laughs> just like a block or two away from it. That was the place. They helped out a lot of motocross racers back in the day. Oh, absolutely. And that's where I got my Yamahas from the one year that I rode it and rode them in nineteen eighty seven. Besides the race that you, you stole the win from me. Did, <laughs> and you pumped your fist over the finish line. Yeah. Did we have any other battles that you remember? I couldn't really remember. No, I was trying I, to think. I, I, you know what? No, but I certainly remember uh, watching, and yeah, you're gonna. People are gonna think this is a setup and everything, but no. I remember yeah. watching you and being impressed by you riding your 500 at Millville. And uh, I, I remember it was a big deal for us to go down to the Millville National and to qualify and yeah. you know yeah, and was. ride in front of people, et cetera, et cetera. But there was not a lot of guys who ever made it, and you were one of the guys that did, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... God, it was, was I always think it was so... ninety or ninety one, and you were in the last chance, and you either got first or second in it. No, and no, no, I never did that well. Um, no, nah, it was last chance. It yeah, was it was last, last chance. chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was to get in. It and was they took four, and like you, you did really well. And and like me, I never, I was always on the cusp of getting, you know, you know, into the top twenty, but never quite got there. Yeah. Uh, did you? So, did you, you only know, ever? Did you only ever race Millville, or did you ever race any other? No, I did. I did other ones as well. Oh, okay. Um, but again, you know, I would qualify and then just, yeah. just not do well. I remember I, all, I was going to score points at, and at the GP in '93, um, and I got hammered in the last <laughs> lap by was a guy riding with those ugly rhino skins. I think it was Todd DeHoop. <laughs> and I remember the, looking at the bike, and he just hammered me. And it was I think I was 19th or something, and I was so pumped that I was going to yeah. score points. And I'm like, really, buddy? And, and and your bike's ugly too. 
But, um, uh, did you? you know, I, so I didn't then either, but uh, it's certainly, you know, it's a great memory now. And how'd you do in Daytona? Didn't you make a photo in MXA or something from Daytona? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, I did. Did and you I, ever, uh, did, you never made the I main, got, but. I yeah. qualify for the show and everything, right. but uh, I never made it into, you know, the main event. That track was so brutal back in the day, too. It was oh, so bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I remember, and then we had those uh, high flyer trading cards at the same time. Oh, that's time. right. Why did the I bring? I cannot believe I didn't bring that up. You have a high flyer card. Oh, good for grief. people who are listening. You have a high flyer card. Every once in a while, a kid or something or a parent at one of the schools will say, "Lawrence, is this you?" And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. "With the big, your chest pro with the oh yeah, oh the chest pro that you had wrapped around your whole body, kidney panels and everything." It was hey, they're back now. Fox makes them for kids, right? Really? <laughs> yeah, Fox has those um, uh, chest protectors for kids now that wrap around the side. So it's like I was laughing. FXR is a pretty big deal here in in Canada. Right. Uh, and, and they even have some guys in the States and Supercross, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I was laughing about that because I, I pulled out some of the gear they made in, like, 97. And all those colors are coming around now again. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, all the so, day glow stuff, right. all that kind of stuff. It's starting to become popular again. So uh, motocross is cyclical. It's come, it comes around. I uh, That guy, no offense, but that guy, the high flyer guy, I think he signed up pretty much everybody in the pits. Oh, and then, yeah. And then whoever, like, kind of did well, he was like, okay, I'm going to give a car. Because I signed a deal, too. All right, it was just some guy with a contract. Um, he was from Champs Sports Marketing. Was that it? Yeah, that was it. Was it was champed, and for some reason in ninety, what I would ninety. Formal got one too, right? Our other buddy Don Formal got one, right? Yeah, but in ninety two, I ended up being card number two in the series, <laughs> and number one was like, oh, I don't know, Stefan Everett, right, right, somebody like that, you know, like, and there's there's me, Mister Nobody, who's number two, and every <laughs> once in a while, I'll get. And I don't know how people find me. I'll get a letter in the mail, and I save them for our buddy Robotech. He likes oh, he would have liked them, yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, you know, from someone saying, here, can you sign this kind of thing? And I just, like, bury my head going, good grief, guys. You, you, like, <laughs> why do you want something from me? Oh, man, that's funny. I remember um, talking about our races. I don't know if you were there, but I only won one uh, Manitoba expert pro moto in my life. I got injured kind of when I turned pro, like, in ninety. Two end of ninety one yeah. ninety two. I just started getting hurt more and more, and my dad my, my dad pulled out. Tommy pulled out his funding for the mm-hmm. racing effort, and um, I kept getting hurt. I tore my ACL. I broke my collarbone. I tore my rotator cuff. Blah blah blah. So yeah. I won one moto. I might have beat you in that moto. I don't know. It was in Verdun. It was in Verdun, and it was two fifty class. And I won. I went one four or one three, and that was it. That was my claim to fame. Besides the four Manitoba amateur titles. Yeah. Well, and those are nothing to, sne- uh, to sneeze at. Uh, you know that that's because back when you were riding there, they, they were hotly contested. Uh, you know uh, all the all the classes that you were in. There, you oh. know, there's, you know, there's a guy in, in in your class who ended up winning a Canadian national title, right? So, and 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 I think you laid the blocks to him for a number of years too. Oh yeah, Langdale, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so, it's funny the talking about our buddy Drew, the your arch rival there. Um, we, it was always funny because he's down here now, right? He's working for Chad at yeah. Yamaha. He worked for Honda for a hundred years. And sometimes when we're standing around and people, like people, like to give me shit because I, I dish it out and I got to take it. Yeah. And, and and you know sometimes people don't like some of the things I write or say. I'm always like blame Drew, blame Shane Drew, and they're like what? I'm like well in '96 he was working for Kyle Lewis yeah. and I was pretty much you know had nothing going on in my life. And Shane Drew said 
Go come with me down here and and hang up. No one's going to hire you from the couch in Winnipeg. Yeah. Come down here, travel with me for a month, and uh, you know you meet people and, and then get a job. And that's exactly what happened. And I worked for free on that PJ One team, and I never really went home after that. And yeah. like it was because of Shane Drew telling me to get down there. Yeah, yeah, and so, you know, and who did you end up with? A guy from Fargo, Fargo North Dakota, who right. was running the PJ One Arena. Cross Gary team, Groth right? owned the team, and he, and then Corey Keeney was from Minnesota, and that was my first yeah. rider. And like, uh, so I'm always like, yeah, blame Shane, everybody. He's the reason yeah. I'm down here. He's he's it. But you, but you know, in all seriousness, Steve, uh, the role that you play in 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 the motocross media is one that's needed, right? Because uh, you know you're going to tell it like it is. Well, some and, would argue that, it. but yeah. Well, no, you are. You know, if if I'm a blower, you're going to tell me that. And and that's that's needed, and I think that's what people appreciate too, is uh, a little bit of honesty. Uh, blame Shane you know, Drew. I, blame Shane. On, on the other hand, too, you know, when I think back to uh, motocross, and I'm still involved in it, and it's hilarious yeah. because last year I did a cup. I took my daughter to a couple of nationals, uh, and I look around the pits, and it's still the same guys that I was racing with 20 years ago. But now they're just doing other things. Yeah, they're just like more important people now, right? Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I but, know, right? But at the same time. Um, when I think of the, all the people that I've met in my time and, and in my life, the motocrossers, they're good people. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, salt of the earth and, and, and solid people will give you the shirt off their back um, if, if you need it. And, and that's something I really appreciate about the sport. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's in our blood, all of us, whether we're whatever shape, size, beliefs, or anything else, we all race yeah. motocross. You know what I mean? And, and that's, that's the bottom line. Um, yeah. Well, thanks Absolutely. for doing this, man. Yeah, thanks. I think it's fun. Uh, yeah. Fuck you for pumping your fist, by the way. <laughs> F off. You still owe me a pair of... Uh, go- no, you don't, actually. I've got- <laughs> you know, we run X-Brand in the Ham family. Oh, so, I like uh, to hear that. Clear vision, bro. If you yeah, don't wear Clear vision. You know, I think it's going to take my oldest to a solid top 10 placing this year in the Eastern Canadian Nationals. I hope so. That'll be, yeah. that'll be nice. And, uh, yeah, keep in touch, buddy. Always uh, fun to catch up. And I think it was fun to reminisce about old good old Manitoba and us racing. And, and uh, yeah, I think people, uh, maybe people will like it if they don't screw them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It, it, we enjoyed ourselves. And, uh, <laughs> that's, and that's, that uh, that's the main thing. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, uh, everyone will know that, uh, you know, at the, with all these stories there, we, we still, it's part of our identity, but it's, it's, it's not who I am. And, and I don't take myself super seriously, that's for sure. Uh, I think everybody can tell that. One more thing for you, Steve. Yes, yes. This is another piece of, of trivia you will like. Okay. I am currently sitting in my home. Mm-hmm. And now my home, for, for me, is is like the equivalent of you moving into Tim Ferry's childhood home Ooh. and living in the place that he grew up because oh, that's right. Donnie Gill, a guy who was here in Manitoba, an icon, I actually ended up buying his parents' house. Right. The the, the best rider in Manitoba for maybe five years, an Ironman, before your yeah. time, a little before your time. Um, yeah, but he, I was the little guy hanging around him. Yeah. Like and you so know, you, it, like like uh, we we did a little bit of, but the opposite way. So you, you know, when he was yeah. winning everything, I would ride my bike over here and just kind of look at all the bikes because he was a Yamaha factory rider, or like a real one, and then a Honda rider too. So you so, uh, you love Donnie uh, Gill so much, you moved into his parents' house. Oh yeah, yeah. So it, maybe that's creepy. I don't know. <laughs> you probably should have left that part out. <laughs> yeah, probably. You can cut that out. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for doing it, Lawrence. LHR. Uh, thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, keep in touch, man. All right. Take care. See ya.